Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sci-Fi Unchained. Really quick, I wanted to invite you all to join our social media just to keep up to date on any channel announcements, as well as our Patreon page, Sci-Fi Unchained Stories, where you can find tons of exclusive content, such as science fiction short stories, science fiction treatises, concept art, videos from old episodes. So if you enjoy the show, hop on over and support the channel. It'll create a whole bunch of new and exciting opportunities. Thank you guys so much for your avid listenership and support. Now enjoy the show. All right, let's get into it. Bad Batch episode 13. This is the first episode that I would classify as true filler that I was disappointed in. We are three episodes away from wrapping up this season with no second season being announced yet, which scares me due to the big shows on Disney Plus coming out nowadays, uh, not announcing their season two until either the end of the season or if they don't announce a season two, then it's most likely the show in question will not have a second season at all, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier or WandaVision. Now, this works for shows with massive universes like Marvel or Star Wars because the story can end and lead seamlessly into a new story, uh, you know, a new show or a movie. We're, we're getting stories written like they were books or comic books made into shows. Like WandaVision could have been one really big book. So could Falcon in the Winter Soldier uh, or any other standalone show with just one season. It's like a book or a comic book, right? Though if the book has a sequel, that book has a completely different title and it's, it's still in the same universe as the first book, but it's a completely different story. We could see that with The Bad Batch. Uh, especially with, you know, the the show taking place during the dark times. Uh, it would be really stinking cool if this episode, uh, um, not this episode, this season wrapped it up for the batch in terms of their story and, and uh, what we needed to see from them, like to start off their, their point in the galaxy. And the next show that we got jumped to, say, the forming of the Rebel Alliance through their leaders. Like, we get to follow Bail Organa and uh, see him raise Princess Leia. We, we get to see Garmbel Iblis uh, gather the fleet. We, we get to see Mon Mothma and her stirring speeches rally troops. Um, maybe we, we get to see the disgruntled uh, alien species like uh, maybe we get to see the Wookiees uh, or the Sullistans, the Bothans, the Mon Cal and, and the, and the, uh, uh, Oh, what are they called? It's on the tip of my tongue. It's the squid face people. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it may be the, the next iteration of, Star Wars animation follows the birth of the rebellion all across the universe. Uh, 
or the, the, the Star Wars galaxy, because we are seeing like seeds of the rebellion scattered out through, uh, throughout this show, right? The, we see the separatists, we see, we've seen Ryloth, uh, we've seen Rex and, and the Martez sisters. So, I mean, if that's what we got, I would be a stupid amount of happy, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Uh, this episode was basically the Batch helping Sid kick out a Daveronian who muscled Sid out of her bar with a whole bunch of thugs and made a spice deal with the Pikes like immediately upon doing so. Um, so Sid kicks him out by using some underground tunnels. She takes the Batch with her and they steal the spice and the Pikes are mad. Uh, there's some scary bug swarms. Wrecker's Fear of Heights plays up some funny moments. <laughs> it was a fun popcorn episode, you know, but that's all that it really was. It's all that, you know. And again, I can't stress enough how much I'm expecting out of a show that only has 16 stinking episodes. <sighs> I, I, I feel like I ask for a lot, but it's not. It's not. Not by a long shot. 30-minute episodes of content, not 20, 23 minutes of content and then eight minutes of credits. No. 30 solid minutes of content. Give me that. I mean, it, Hell, in the, in the Loki episodes, we got a good solid 35 to 40 minutes of content. Why the hell can't we have that for the Bad Batch? I don't know. But anyway, um, so the episode ends and the Pikes are about to kill the Davronian, uh, whose family is some other crime family that Sid knows and that I don't think I've heard of before. But Sid warns the Pikes that if they kill the Davronian for, you know, messing with their spice shipment, uh, sh they will incite a crime war against another crime family. Um, so the pikes just chop off his horn and he kind of you know just limps away with with his dignity intact i guess although i don't know what a davronian without a horn necessarily maybe that's a like a outcast status you getting your horn chopped off i don't know yeah, maybe maybe we'll uh, figure it out later. I mean, we saw Visago without a horn in Rebels. Maybe a hornless Davronian means that they're outcast from Davronian society, or uh, you, you know, they're scum or pirates. Who knows? It's a good question. So. I appreciate the world building by us getting new characters and new looks at varying power dynamics between crime organizations and uh, getting new crime organizations. And there's always room for more and, and then more on top of that. The, the galaxy is a big place, <laughs> which was a broad criticism brought about by the last two episodes from a lot of people. Because over the span of three separate shows, we've seen a lot of the Sindula clan <laughs> And the criticism thus being that 
the Star Wars galaxy feels so small due to their three animated shows refocusing on the same characters over and over or revisiting the same kind of places or issues when we have a whole galaxy to explore. And I've made that comment too. And it's, it's a fairly good observation. It's, it's a very valid observation to make with, with these shows. And I think I might understand why they're doing it because they don't want to give us too much too quickly because then it might not feel like star Wars. Uh, I mean, we saw that with the sequels, right? Almost everything that we got with the sequels was completely different. We got new aliens. We got new worlds. We got new ships and the sequels became incredibly divisive. Like either, either you thought they were okay. I don't know anyone who loves the sequels. You, you thought they were okay or you hated them with a passion. Um, so maybe the showrunners and the writers and Dave Filoni and John Favreau, maybe they looked at that, at the reactions to that and said, okay, maybe what we need to do is take what the Star Wars base knows, what they like, what we know they like, and use that to shoehorn in a whole bunch of new stuff. Right. So let's let's spoon feed the fandom a whole bunch of new kind of aliens and crime families, power organizations, um, worlds, situations and stories. And let's do that alongside the stuff that they already know. And they can go as slowly as they want with that, because, I mean, Star Wars is owned by Disney now. I mean, <laughs> the, we'll, we'll be getting new Star Wars stuff for forever now. <laughs> so it's not like we're on a timetable. It's it's not like back when the sequels were first coming out. It's like, oh, we're finally getting new movies. We're we're if if they sink, then that's it for Star Wars. And if they do great, then we'll have more Star Wars. Maybe no. It's it. No, that's not the case anymore. The case now is Disney has seen the proof in the pudding. They know Star Wars fans are hungry for good quality Star Wars stuff. So they're going to give us a project or two a year. And as long as there is that massive worldwide fan base, Disney is going to just keep on shelling out the Star Wars. I mean, does that mean we'll get a lot of shitty stuff? Absolutely. 100%. We will get Star Wars equivalents to the Hulk movies and Thor the Dark World. <laughs> it's almost guaranteed to happen. But for every sequel trilogy, we may get a Mandalorian. You know, for for every solo, we could get a Rogue One. So we'll just have to come to grips with those being the facts and, and roll with the punches to cultivate as much good Star Wars as possible. I, I mean, in this kind of broadened view, um, 
Star Wars has become very much like Star Trek. Ask diehard Star Trek fans, hey, what do you think about the odd-numbered Star Trek movies? <laughs> if if they're any kind of Star, Star Trek fan, they'll probably say something to the akin of, we don't talk about those. <laughs> we, we don't uh, mention Klingons singing uh, Christmas carols or uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd as a <laughs> with with his space dogs. <laughs> um, although I've, I thought that was pretty fun. It, it was really silly, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so it's because of all that in pers- in a broader perspective that I am super hopeful and excited for the future of Star Wars, no matter how much muck we have to slog through. And I imagine it is going to be a hell of a lot of muck. Um, I think we're going to come out on top with something great. Uh, it's it's going to... And that's for Star Wars in all its iterations, right? Not just movies or shows, but the literature as well. The higher public is hot garbage. It is the, the dumbest most appalling bit of Star Wars literature I have ever read. And I have loved, loved every Star Wars book and comic I have gotten my hands on, except for the new Thrawn trilogy, because they didn't give Thrawn a really good villain to fight. They they gave him the Grisk, and it was written very slow, and I can't blame Timothy Zahn for that. Because although he is the creator of Thrawn, he knows how to write him. He's boxed into a corner because of he he can't write Thrawn's demise. He he doesn't have carte blanche to do whatever he wants with Thrawn, which is kind of messed up because it's it's a character he created, so he kind of should. But. Thrawn's fate is yet to be seen. So because of that, Zahn can't write anything that's going to contradict any future property. Um, Like say the Mandalorian season three or the Ahsoka show because she's looking for Thrawn now or the book of Boba. Um, Well, that'd be cool. Boba accumulates all of this power that, was once held by the Hut cartel, and he gets all their starships and mercenary armies and everything, and he has to, you know, fight for his his cut of the of the galaxy, the the holdover Hut space, and maybe Thrawn jumps in with a couple of ISDs, and he has to fight Thrawn. Oh, that'd be cool! Thrawn versus Boba Fett. Hell yeah! <laughs> I would love to see. I would pay through the nose to see that. Disney Plus can have all of the premiere money <laughs> if they gave me Thrawn versus Boba Fett. That'd be so stinking cool. But uh, yeah, that's all I had for this episode. It uh, it wasn't too terribly great. It, it wasn't awful. There, there's no there. Anytime there's a filler episode like this, I always akin it to being like Avatar The Last Airbender. There's no bad episodes. 
there was just episodes that weren't as great as the really good ones. But yeah, that's that's all I had. So thank you guys so much for tuning back in. Stick around for more Sci-Fi Unchained, and I will see you all later. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends, and may the Force be with us all.